0: Hey, I'm Nina Bleicher and this is the See the Upside podcast, where we talk about all things post-divorce. Our conversations hit real life topics that we all wanna dig deep into, like friendship, dating, healing, personal growth, wellness, and finding happiness. Basically how to live your best, most fulfilling life ever, all with a focus on positivity and optimism. You can do this thing, and it can actually be an incredible opportunity. We're here to share our journeys, learn from each other, and have an amazing time along the way. Let's dive in. My guest today is Suzanne Bissette Vanderhoff. Suzanne's pretty well known around here in Arizona as a TV personality and host of the popular lifestyle show Your Life, Arizona, on channel three. If you've watched the show or met Suzanne in person, you know she's vibrant, fun, positive, filled with energy and enthusiasm for life. When we met at our daughter's school years ago, we became instant friends and so did our daughters. This spring, as COVID was spreading rapidly all over the world, in early March, Suzanne showed up at the station for work when she received a call the kind of call no one ever wants to receive and that has changed her life dramatically ever since. After a recent routine mammogram, Suzanne's doctor had discovered a tumor in her right breast. It was cancer. Further testing revealed even worse news. It was an aggressive form of cancer. She was gonna need surgery as soon as possible, chemo, and possibly radiation too. It was devastating news. Within two weeks, Suzanne had a double mastectomy and after recovering, started chemo right away. As her friend, I've watched Suzanne experience one of the worst things that life can throw at you. But her strength, courage, and positivity through the impossibly hard has left me and everyone else who loves her in awe. She's handled the difficult moments with grace and laughter teaching us all that, yes, you can find light and positivity in the hardest moments too. And somehow, when we do, we find out how to live the good moments even fuller. I've learned so much from Suzanne and can't wait for you to hear her story today on our interview. Suzanne is honest, open, and well on the journey to wellness. As you'll hear, she encourages all women to get mammograms, even during COVID. Our risks don't go down just because there's a pandemic. Cancer doesn't stop showing up. If you haven't gone yet for your mammogram this year, go get tested. Now that you know a little bit about Suzanne, I'm going to let her tell you her story herself. All right, well,
1: thank you for joining the
0: podcast today, Suzanne, I'm so happy to have you here, so honored and appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you sharing my story with everyone.
0: Yes, I'm so, you know, I know it's been a very long journey, and we have some really good news to share with everybody. We've got some really awesome milestones that have recently happened, but maybe to kind of Fill everybody in and to understand your story and kind of get to know you a little bit. Let's kind of start at the beginning of of what's been going on in your life and what's happened for you this year. Outside of, of course, the obvious COVID that everybody else is dealing with, you had some other really huge life changing things that had happened in your life.
1: That's right. I've been dealing for the past seven months with the other C being cancer. Breast cancer, exactly. And, um, you know, it all started during a routine mammogram. You know, I was late a year. And as we all know with kids, work, life, um, I feel like a lot of times moms and and women put everyone else first. And we kind of put our own needs and especially our own health second. And so it just started. I had a day off of work and I thought, you know what? I haven't gotten my mammogram in a year my pap smear, you know, I should just go today and just go get it. And um, I had had genetic testing prior about six years ago and everything came back negative. I don't carry the gene for breast cancer or ovarian cancer. So really it was, it wasn't anything I was even consciously worried about. So I went and got my mammogram. And during that time too, I had uh, my physician, my gynecologist also has an imaging center in the office. So I had also gotten a physical as well, a physical exam. She felt nothing. And so I went and got my mammogram and it wasn't until about a week later, I was getting ready to do my show at work. And I got the call saying, you know, we, there's a large mass in your right breast. We need you to come back. And to be honest with you, it was so not on my radar that I had forgotten. I would even gone to get a mammogram. I mean, it was, you know, a week might as well have been a year. I mean, I just was like, Oh my gosh, I went, that's right. I went last week to get my mammogram. And so, um, they got me in about a week later and it was there that, um, the doctor came in and said, this is, you have breast cancer. And luckily it was before things got really crazy with COVID and just a couple days before. And so my husband Van was there with me when we got the news, which was a relief that he was there. Cause it was just, I was in shock. I mean, it was just literally, um, it was just a punch in the gut and their next thing was we just have to figure out what kind of breast cancer you have so i went in the next day for a biopsy and it was the day after that friday the 13th march 13th that i got the call and they were like yes you definitely have breast cancer and it's an aggressive form and so with that 2 hours later i went and picked up my girls from school and that was the day the world pretty much shut down and from COVID, uh, right so because ends, of COVID, yeah. okay because of COVID. And that
0: must have given you some like huge anxiety of how are you even going to deal with this in this current world situation? Because it really did affect the healthcare system at that time too, with what was
1: available, what kind of surgeries they were doing, right? Exactly. They were starting all non-essential. And I did hear of some women who had breast cancer and had a slower form, they weren't, their surgeons weren't doing their surgery, their mastectomies or their lumpectomies. So my, I found, luckily I found um, Dr. Laura Champagne, a breast surgeon who ironically her kids and they are good friends with my kids. And I just met with her. That's it was Friday. I found out that Sunday I texted her and I said, Hey, can I, can we meet? I, 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 I'm so confused, concerned. And so I met with her and, um, you know, I ended up using her as my breast surgeon. I'm so glad that I did. And that's when things were, all surgeries were starting to be shut down. So she rushed me in and two weeks later, April 1st, April Fool's Day, I went in and had a double mastectomy.
0: But I remember when you went in for your double mastectomy, it was also very different because of COVID. Like you, your husband couldn't be there with you. He was waiting in the parking lot. Good to walk in on your own for that really difficult moment. I know that was difficult for all your friends and family because they wanted to really be there. And I'm sure, of course, difficult for you to not have the people that you needed and cared about in that moment
1: right now. Next- it has been because one of the things that's so difficult is, you know, I had gone from one day being out on the soccer field, coaching my daughter's soccer team literally to 3 days later asking my breast surgeon am i going to see my kids grow up and get married and so having there's so many questions that you want to ask and but you're you're kind of you have an out of being experience and so having someone with you husband friend whomever to also ask questions take notes um get that information because you are still in shock And that was so hard because all this whole journey I've had to navigate on my own. And, you know, a lot of times I'll walk out of there and be like, okay, what did she just say? Or what did he just say? What does he mean by that? Like, so that was, that's been really hard. And, you know, I um, had to do chemotherapy and everybody was so sweet and they're like, we're going to come in with you and keep you company. Well, unfortunately no, because of COVID no one's allowed in. And so all of that, all my treatments, everything I'm on my own and everybody has been in my situation i'm not the only one and so with covid it's really been restrictive in having to navigate this on my own and not in being and rest- being restrictive of anyone else coming with me on this
0: yeah of course i can't imagine i mean it's difficult enough to go through it with people sitting by you you know in those mo- key moments but to do it by yourself i can imagine that you're just not able to really focus and be aware because it's like you said it's like an outer body experience mm-hmm. where that adrenaline rush goes in and just sort of like clouds everything that you're doing because you're just processing the greater thought of like what is happening to me what's going to happen in my life what's going to happen in my family like you know you're you're flashing to all these other ideas but you have tangible logistics that you do need to make decisions on like when's your surgery going to be who's going to you know are you going to do xyz and when's your next appointment you know and what kind of um terms do you need to research and stuff too i mean i think for me if i were to get breast cancer today other than you and a couple of other friends that i have that have gone through it i wouldn't even know what the word's mean? I mean, thank goodness, Google, that we are able to look up and research that. But like, even when you said, I had a large tumor in my breast, like, what is a large tumor? Like, I don't even know. How big is large for breast cancer?
1: Yeah, mine, I ended up having in my right breast alone, uh, my left breast was clear, but the kind of cancer I have, it was, as my doctor said, it's not if it comes to your left breast, it's when, so I decided I just want this out. So I did a double mastectomy, but I had six tumors in my right breast. And one of them, the largest one was three, milli- three centimeters large. I mean, so it was And even, and I do think I, you know, a lot of women, I think right now during this COVID time is like thinking, well, I feel fine. I did a breast exam, self breast exam. I don't feel anything. And while self self breast exams are very important, you can't rely on that because I had a physician give me a physical and check my breast and didn't even feel a three centimeter tumor. So you can't just rely on that. You really need the imaging of a mammogram to get that. And it's just so important. I know um, you know with the pandemic, a lot of people are scared of going into public places but so many imaging centers are doing everything they can to keep you safe and putting your health on hold is scarier than going in for an hour and getting a mammogram that is painless. Um, I just, I want people, you know, cancer doesn't quarantine. Breast cancer doesn't care about COVID. It is alive and well during this pandemic. And I just, I want women to know that you cannot put your health on hold. You need to make sure that, and chances are, you're going to be fine. There's not going to be anything, but you just need to check the box because if you get it and detect it earlier, your prognosis and your survival rates increase dramatically.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be one of the hugest delayed consequences of COVID. And I think this Mm -hmm. is going to be one of them is that a lot of people have put their Basic maintenance health care on hold and things are going to happen like what happened to you, which is they're going to skip a year and it's going to put them in a totally different position and not a good one if they're, you know, if they're at risk or if they have something going on that the later you get those things that get and get to the diagnosis, you know, the the harder it is to treat. And then the statistics change. So exactly. I just don't get my mammogram this year already. Good girl. <laughs> <Proud of laughs> Always you. a pleasurable experience because I'm like a ten year old boy. So they have to like fight to get anything to even put in there. I'm like I don't think cancer is anywhere to hide if I have it, but we <laughs> have to do it. So I did it. And um, I always upgrade. And I don't know if you know anything about whether there's value in this to like the three dimensional
1: version. Yes. So I always do that. If anyone has the option in just depending on your insurance, but if you have the option to get a 3D mammogram, I highly recommend it. It just gives them more opportunity to look around. Like I have uh, dense breast tissue. A lot of women do. So it really kind of helps them get the whole angle of the breast. But if your insurance doesn't, or your imaging center doesn't offer that, I mean, just do whatever possibly you can and whatever you can afford. Because again, as we said, you know, your health, your health is dependent on it. And during this whole pandemic, it, it is scary and it is frightening. But if I had just Put it off by one week, and thought you know, and said I'll you know what I'll do it later. And then COVID hit. I still wouldn't be, I still probably wouldn't have gone to go get a mammogram. And so instead of being, I luckily uh, at first they thought I was a stage three, but they've changed the staging guidelines. So luckily I was down. I put I was put back to a one stage one B, but if I had waited, I would have been a stage four because it already had hit my lymph nodes. Um, they don't think that it has spread past my lymph nodes. But if I had waited, it would have been, and my prognosis would have been much different.
0: So what do they do with your lymph nodes? Is that part of the chemo takes care of that or? Okay.
1: Yes. So they, during my double mastectomy, they uh, took lymph nodes out of my left side and my right arm, my right left side, my right side came three out of the 12 had, um, you know, detected that there was cancer in them. So I went through six treatments of chemotherapy, and basically you know, the chemo comes in, they gave me the strongest chemo that you can possibly have just because of my age and my health, and I told them, be aggressive. And so I had six treatments, and then I went through 28 consecutive radiation treatments. And my radiation, they treated on my right side, right above, right here, just kind of the base of my neck, all the way down past my breast, so they made sure to get the lymph nodes in that area as well and they did major radiation uh to that area and 28 days you know they said we were aggressive and hopefully i pray that you know any of the chemo or i'm sorry any of the cancer cells are gone they can never a hundred percent guarantee you that but um the kind of cancer i have it is very the new drugs that they have Um, It is very receptive to that. These drugs go in, seek it out, and kill it. So I just pray that, you know, those cells are now gone. So you
0: are, you have completed um, your surgery, your chemo, and your radiation. So your aggressive short-term treatment has finished, but what does it look like for the coming year or so? Like,
1: what happens now? So, Because of the kind of cancer I have, and I am lucky because it does, um, there's, sorry, there's so, I mean, it's so aggressive, yes. And they have these drugs that go out and like I was saying, it seeks these cancer cells and they call it kind of melts them away. So every three weeks, I have to go back to Ironwood Cancer Center and I get what they call immunotherapy, where it's an IV of two different drugs. And basically one of the drugs is is Herceptin. It goes in and it seeks these cancer cells. It destroys them. So every three weeks until May, I need to go and have this immunotherapy. And then hopefully in May, I'll get the all clear and life as we know it will hopefully go back to normal. Yeah, wow. Well,
0: I'm hoping, of course, that that goes well. And you look amazing. I know it's been a really long, difficult journey. You and I have stayed in close contact through a lot of the chemo. And I know that was really, really, really hard. You just weren't feeling good. And, you know, chemo's, chemo's really, really hard. Would you say that that was the most difficult part of the physical side of the journey? Like,
1: For me, the chemo, as they say it now, you know, it's not your grandmother's chemo. And luckily the advances that they've made in medicine and when it comes to chemo, they give you so many different drugs that help you battle the side effects. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't as bad. It was for me, the double mastectomy went well and I had reconstruction during the procedure of my double mastectomy and I did not need expanders. That's also something that they're coming away from is if you kind of qualify for it, then they won't put expanders in, which I, for me, I was so lucky that I didn't need expanders. But taking out the lymph nodes, my um, range of motion, I think for me physically, it's been, I have a hard time still lifting up my arm. Like the thought of yoga before this, before I was diagnosed, I was doing hot yoga. I was kind of getting into yoga, as you know. And now there's just no way. I'm just so stiff and it's painful. My right side underneath my armpit is completely numb. Um, so that I wasn't prepared for. I didn't know taking out the lymph nodes was going to affect me so much. I love to play tennis. I'm nervous about playing tennis. Um, and so physically that's been the hardest part is those lymph nodes. And just my range of motion has really decreased. And, you know, they're like, you need to do stretches. And I've been trying to, but it's just, um, that's been disheartening. I, I wasn't expecting that at all.
0: that's interesting. From a physical standpoint, I wouldn't have even thought of that. I would have thought you have surgery and then you recover and then you're okay. I mean,
1: I did too. Yeah. It's for me, that hasn't been the case since they took up more lymph nodes on my right side. My right is stiffer than my left. But, um, you know, for me, I'm grateful. Um, if that's what it, that's what it takes to get this out of my body. I'm like, okay, don't get too upset about it. It is what it is. And, you know, hopefully during time I'll limber up and I'll get it, you know, I'll be able to use it more, but that's been one of the things, radiation, you know, your skin, it's like they say, it's like you have a really bad sunburn. So that's been painful just, but now that it's done, you know, your skin and there's different treatments of um, lotions and oils that you can put on that helps relieve some of that pain. So that's slowly, you know, starting to go away my skin is starting to heal. So I'm seeing some improvement on that end. Yeah, you were
0: so in tune to, like, all the various resources, and I I just love that you integrated a naturopath, too, because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's interesting, the, the world, and I am, for sure, have kind of opened up my mind to treatments and lifestyles and, and Going to doctors that aren't like traditional Western medicine, like Sophia's stomach issues. We've been to every you know traditional Western doctor. I'm going to a naturopath next because we've been down the entire road that we can go on the Western side. And I think what I love that you did is you really integrated the two. It's not an either or. It's not like, well, I have to go you know, completely natural and not do chemo, it's like, why can't the two integrate and work together? Why can't you take vitamins? And, you know, so what was it exactly that you were doing with a naturopath and how did that help in the process?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's East meets West. And I think you can benefit from both. I would not want someone to think I'm, you know, for me to think I'm just going to do Eastern medicine. I don't need chemo. I think that is a mistake. You need the chemo, you need the radiation because I've heard of people say, you know what, I'm not going to do it, I'm just going to do IVs. I don't advise that, but I definitely think that going down the path, you can meet them in the middle. And unfortunately, insurance doesn't cover naturopaths. And I think that's really, really unfair because they really do help you. And during this, especially with COVID, my naturopath, Dr. Dan Rubin with Naturopathic Specialists here in Phoenix, He gave me, I went to him weekly, and I got IVs for about three and a half hours that were full of zinc, vitamin C, which is helpful with healing, and he gave me a variety of other medications that help. One of the side effects you'll get from chemo that a lot of people have talked about is neuropathy, the numbness and tingling in your hands and your feet. He gave me different medicine in my IVs to combat that. So luckily for chemo, I really fared well. I I tell him all the time, he's the one that kept me on my two feet because it really did help my body healing. And especially during COVID kept, you know, when I would, when you do chemo every three weeks, I had to do it. You have to go for lab work. So your oncologist can see your labs. And she was shocked that my white blood count has stayed, was at the time as your white blood count would be it was completely hot. And I think that's because of my naturopath. And then during radiation, he changed my protocol because there are certain things that you can't take during radiation. He changed my protocol and I went every Friday at the end, because one of the things you really get from radiation is just feeling really tired and run down. And he was able to give me an IV to kind of give me energy and keep me sustained and, you know, keep going. And I feel like, naturopaths are so important now he is a medical doctor who's an oncologist, so he specializes in cancer people from around the world call him for the protocol of what he does and I'm just so grateful that I was able that i found him I was referred to him and that I was able really i was I was able to afford it because it's not cheap it's really it's yeah. at least you know five hundred dollars a week i mean it's really expensive and if you can't go every week i would say go then once a month or you know find a way somehow to integrate that into your regimen because i really do feel like it made a huge huge difference
0: so good to know you know one thing you know i do talk about finance sometimes in my blog and one of the things that's been really helpful for me on the health insurance side being a single you know mom right now is Health savings account, and you can use that for naturopaths. I'm pretty sure I'll have to double check that before we air this, but I've used it for braces for my kids, and you know other costs that aren't covered by my health insurance because I have a high deductible. And a lot of people don't know about it. You can just—it's pre-tax money that you can have taken from your paycheck that goes right into that account. There's a limit that you can use a year. Can't remember what it is. It's like a little bit under three thousand for an individual, but it really is helpful. It just kind of sits there. And when I need it, it's available. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you can use it for things like that. So I'll have to research that. One of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about was, you know, as friends and family and caring a lot about you and loving you, you know, watching you go through cancer. I think sometimes it's hard to know what to do to be helpful what, would you, what advice would you give to someone who has a dear friend or a sister or a mom or someone they really care about who's going through cancer? What is helpful? And it, this is probably a hard question to answer because I'm sure everybody's a little individual, but maybe tell us what, what you really liked, what meant a lot to you in the process.
1: On the logistic side, it was fabulous because after my double mastectomy, so many of my friends over, as you helped me too, over a month's worth worth of dinners were delivered to my door. And it's just those little things that mean so much because you're in bed, you're recovering from surgery, and even people offered during chemo, but they would bring over dinner for my family. And it just takes one more thing off your plate because your husband or your loved ones are already you know, this takes a toll on them emotionally as well. And so it's just those little things that really help people out that you don't realize how much you can benefit from. Of just like, okay, we have a great dinner coming to our door tonight. I don't have to worry about it. My kids, you know, for my girls, they're 11 and 12. They look forward to it. You know, it kind of made it fun <laughs> What's for it them. it going to be tonight? Yes, yes. <laughs> and they really, you know, so they kind of were looking, it's something that was a treat. And it really took all that stress, just that little daily stress off my plate and let me just focus on healing, let my husband focus on taking care of me. And that I would say, you know, if you have a loved one doing it, get their friends and family come up with, you know, I think they sent out for my case, you know, an email that people signed up on the day and night. Yes. And brought it over. The other thing is, you know, just people checking in, you were always sending me texts and giving me your support and showing me your love. And. Just checking in. I think, you know, and especially during this time where, you know, with COVID, you're going to every appointment by yourself. You're going to every single treatment by yourself. Just checking in with people, saying, I, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. You know, when people are like, I'm praying for you, it just makes me feel so good and so grateful. And it, you know, because I think a lot of it, there's a lot of depression. Yeah, I'm not a depressed person. I've never been, I, I really, I'm kind of a happy-go-lucky. I've never had anything really... To be depressed about, and this was the first time that really knocked me on my feet. Is because it is you're you're you get so depressed. And another thing I would tell somebody is, you know, my husband suggested it is go talk to a therapist because you kind of go through the stages of grieving when you get a diagnosis like this: yeah. the shock, the sadness, the um, anger, and bargaining, and all anger. of that. Right? Yeah. yeah, all of it. And I think it's so important too that you you, you, you talk through it and talk with somebody who is skilled and trained in this. And if you're unable to do that, then you at least have someone or you offer support to someone who can just vent. You know, there's a lot of times you just want to vent and scream. And I would suggest to someone that if you have a loved family member or loved one going through this, that you, you're kind of a sounding board for them. So if they need to vent or scream, you, they can do it to you and, you will listen. And that is just people listening. And then just checking in, I think have really kind of uplifted me in some of my darkest times.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, what I've learned too over time is to be able to listen as a friend without feeling the need to fix and Mm -hmm. sitting with that discomfort that I couldn't fix this for you, Sue's like all, you know, we've had conversations and they, they were hard. They were heartbreaking. I mean, thinking that the worst, you know, there were moments when your mind goes there where it's like, what if, what if, you know, and yeah, it still goes to kind of sit in it and sit with that and let the feelings come and talk about them. But, you know, we didn't, we don't, we don't know what the answers are, you know, and it's okay. I think as a friend or family member to, to just do that. And I agree. I I think for the hard moments in my life that just someone reaching out and saying, I'm thinking about you goes such a long way, especially when it's a long road like you had where it was, you know, we're what eight, nine months in, I can't do math Mm -hmm. off the top of my head, but we're deep into this it's been going on for a while. And I think what can happen in big trauma like this is there's a flurry of, of activity in the beginning and then everybody goes back to their life, whether it's illness or a death or whatever. And then you're kind of like, Oh gosh, I'm still here and I'm still hurting. And I think sometimes when, you know, the people who know you, hopefully will continue that and check in. It doesn't need to be every day, but to still be there, you know, and, and not think that things are back to normal because that initial earthquake is over. I mean, there's still wreckage to clean up. There's still work to do, you know, and there's still hardship to, to
1: manage. So I agree. I've been extremely blessed. I mean, it's in these times you really, um, you realize and appreciate The people that you surround yourself with, and I've been just so appreciative because it's just this tribe of mine has just been out—I mean, outstanding. There's no other way for me to explain it. And just so loving, and they've—you guys have kept me above your shoulders and held me up high, and that's been so healing. But there's another thing that I think I want to advise people because you get this information, you get this diagnosis. The first thing we all want to do is—I call it Doctor Google. You want to go on Doctor (laughs) Google. And I think my husband and I made a pact to each other in the very beginning of this. We weren't going to do it because there is so much misinformation out there. Mm -hmm. And the best way to get the right information, just ask your doctors. And that's why you want to make sure that you go with the doctor. Like I had my doctor, my surgeon's text number, you know, cell phone number. And so I could text her day or night. My husband could text her with questions day or night and just When you start going online and you start trying to research things, that's when it can get really scary and it kind of can spiral. And you don't even know if that information is true or if that's correct. So I would say try and not do Dr. Google. Get your answers from the professionals because that also will save you a lot of anxiety and a lot of just confusion as you navigate your path. Well, I think a huge part of... Healing faster and better
0: is, is ensuring that your mindset is positive, too. I mean, it's not all that, but I think that can make a big difference. And I think you're right that maybe maybe it's best to put your blinders on a little bit so that you can focus and get in that headspace if that's what you need to do. And you have your trusted advisors for a reason. Your cancer is specifically yours, and your doctor's going to know best how to handle that so I love that advice I think that's important because it's it is true I mean you think about it when we were growing up if you wanted to learn something like that you had to go to the library or go look in an encyclopedia yes. like, it's not easy to get. Yes. you had no choice but to listen to a doctor because it just wasn't available but now there's so much information
1: that's available um kind of too that, much information in a way yeah. you know I mean it's just well, it's not you really got to narrow it you said. I mean, that's the problem is it's not
0: regulated. And this was your personal cancer experience. And it's going to be different from what someone else went through. And your outcome is going to be different. And it's, it's uniquely you. Um, One of the things I love about you that I just loved watching through all this is you still kept your High energy, sense of humor, spunky personality, I mean, and it really just um, impressed me so much and just I already admired you and and love hanging out with oh, you okay. and spending time with you. but watching that strength pour through in you know all the tough moments, you always had optimism. You always had, a smile you always were able to make something funny in something that was really really hard and i think that's just an incredible gift and not everybody has the ability to do that and i think sometimes you don't even know that you're capable of doing that until you're in a position where you have to and um it just was really beautiful to see and beautiful to see your, your strength and your grace and just you stinging you, even though you were going through this incredibly, incredibly hard thing with so many unknowns and so many obstacles with COVID and having to do so much of it alone. I mean, I just remember that day when Van was driving you to your surgery and he was in the parking lot. And actually I had a doctor's appointment in like a building across the street Total coincidence. So I think it was with Sophie and Sophie and I were like driving around looking for a van to make sure that he was okay. <laughs> Cause we knew that it was really hard for him too to not be able to walk you in, but you did all of that. You know, you did it.
1: And. Dang, I think kind hurt. of like you, you got to see the upside, you know, you got to <laughs> see the upside and you, it, you let this take you down emotionally and you're going to have your moments. Trust me, you'll have your moments. Yeah. battle in this. But if you let this take you down, then it's one, even though it's out of your body, it's still one. And mm-hmm. I, I refuse to totally change who I am because of my diagnosis. Yeah. This is, you know, I, I'm, i I bow to myself and you know, also you have once you, you know, as, as you know, with the mom, you have to be strong for your kids. You don't have a choice. There's yeah. no choice. And I think a lot of women might say, gosh, I don't think I'm going to be strong enough to handle it you are strong enough. You find that in the inner of your soul, you are strong enough. Everybody is. And you just got to go with that mindset of, you know what, there's going to be some really horrible moments and some really dark moments. And for those dark moments, sometime all I can do to get through them is laugh. Sometimes laughter is the best medicine. And you know, my girls might still laugh about my hair. You know, I, My hair's finally, as you know, this morning. My husband's like, "That looks like you kind of got some cashmere growing on your head." And it's, you know, and I laugh because my girls are like, "Mom, you know, you know, my hair's so naughty." I'm like, "At least you have hair." I mean, come on, you gotta laugh and you gotta keep it light because it 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 can take you down a tunnel that's so dark that you can't come back from. And so you gotta keep it light and you gotta know that every one of us has that strength to battle it through. And I, you know, I, I'm sure you have heard too. You know, God only gives you things that you can handle. And this tests your faith, but you just got to believe and you got to believe in yourself and you got to believe around the people that you surrounded are surrounded by. And you got to believe your, your doctors and you got to just look at the upside because there's no other way to live. And you're going to get through this and you're going to continue on your journey of life. And this will hopefully one day be in my rearview mirror. And I, I don't want it to change me and I don't want it to change who I am.
0: Well, and I think that's with anything really difficult in life. I mean, I went through a divorce. It's nothing like cancer, of course, but, you know, I made the decision a while ago that I am not divorced. Like, I'm not divorced, Nina. I am Nina. You know, I went mm-hmm. through a divorce and I experienced it and I survived it and I went through a lot of hard things. And it's the same thing for you with cancer. I mean, it's something that you went through, but it's not, it's not you, you know, it made you stronger and changed you, of course. But, you know, you, I think we have choices with how much we hang on to and the parts we choose to hang on to. And that's part of what I love talking about and thinking about and working on within myself is, you know, we can let things like sort of weigh us down, you know, but we have the choice to lay them down. You know, we don't have to carry them. We can reinvent ourselves and move forward and let go of the yucky parts of that. It's just, you know, deciding to do that. And it's hard because some things in life you do go through that, hate the word victim, but it is kind of a victim where it's like, why did this happen to me? The unfairness of it, I guess I hate the victim, but you know, just thinking like it's not fair. Well, life isn't fair and really hard things happen to really good people all the time, you know, and there's not always a reason why. It's not because you did something bad. It's just life. Things happen to people. And I think we, like you said, can choose to come out stronger and better and see the positives and grow and put it behind us and move forward. And all of a sudden the grass is greener, you know, the sky is bluer. You really do have yeah. a new appreciation for everything. So it's the
1: little things like that really, you know, and, and just, the little things of life that used to stress me out or give me anxiety, you know, stupid things like, like being late shoots. for volleyball practice or yes. something. like or, Yeah, or you know, before you know, driving and picking up my girls from school every day. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but it'd be like, okay, you know, in the afternoon I'm busy, I have things I need to do, and then I'm like, okay, I gotta go pick them up from school. I mean, now I'm like. I can't wait to go pick them up from school. I appreciate it. You know, it's the little things that now I don't take for granted. And I appreciate that I'm able to pick them up from school and that I'm alive and that I can spend time with them. And just those little things or those things that may seem so big in your life that, you know, you have to deal with. Now I'm like, "Eh, whatever, you know, I'll deal with it. It's no big deal. Like it just puts things in perspective. And that's the one thing that really you got to just keep, Things in perspective, and once you go through something like this, it's kind of a relief because the little thing or the things that you thought were big things, you realize are really little things. It's it's kind of like I now kind of laugh at things more because I'm like, ah, no big deal. You really, you, I really feel like you're able to put in perspective. And okay, this is a big thing, and what's happening is a little thing. I mean, you can really judge what you're going to use your energy on. Yeah. So interesting.
0: Yeah. There are a lot, there are positives. That's for sure. And perspective is a very good one. What about your, um, your girls? They're doing great. How did, you know, I think that's, that's a hard thing to navigate as a mom, you know, is how do you keep strong and, and show, you know, we talked a little bit about this. I think, I read, I think it's in Untamed by Glennon Doyle, where she talks about the flight attendant when you're going through turbulence. You know, we all look at the flight attendant to Mm -hmm. see what he's doing. And I think that's part of what we as moms need to do through these hard times is, you know, our girls are watching us. They're going to take away how we handle this. And it doesn't mean you can't be authentic and have your your hard moments. I mean, I've cried in front of my kids. Yeah. It's real. But then you pick up and you keep going. You don't stay there. You know, you show them how you move through it and you
1: keep going. Definitely. I've my girls have seen me cry about this because you know you can't I, I refuse, as you were saying, not to be authentic and just put on the happy face. No, 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 everything's good, everything's good. Because that's not true. And they know it. They can sense it. Kids are smart. They can sense when you're you're lying and you're not being truthful. And so for me. I was always just very honest. This is where I'm going. This is what I have to do, you know, with my surgery. I explained it to them what the doctors were gonna do, chemo, you know, and they really played an active role in my recovery. And, you know, they offered always to help me. Like, mom, do you need water? Yes, please. Will you you know, my daughter, my 12-year-old used to tuck me in at night during my chemo treatments. I mean, so they felt like they were helping me. And I think you gotta let them, I mean, you're going through this as a family, you know, it's just as hard as on them. And your spouse, as it is on you, they're they're bearing this weight it's as therapeutic well.
0: Therapeutic for them to feel like they were helping with your healing, you know. I mean, they totally felt like they wanted to do something. Like we
1: exactly. All and I think for that too, I think that puts things in their perspective in their life. Of uh, yeah. gosh, they used to think this is a big deal, but look what mom's going through, and look what we're coming, you know, through. That really isn't a big deal that's happening at school. I can make it through that. You know, I mean, it. it yeah. I think it teaches them young. These moments in life are going to happen. Do we want them to happen? No, but it's how we handle them that matters. And so I would always say, be truly authentic with your kids because they can sense that and it only helps them grow personally as well.
0: Yeah, right. Learn how to handle things. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, one last question is you you have a pretty cool job. You can maybe explain just a teeny bit of what that is. And they allowed you to continue working and you've just kind of powered through the whole way. Um, tell us a little bit about that, how that was going through treatment and continuing to work, and your job is very public, where you're in front of people. Um, but I think it also kind of, from my perspective, looking at you, Allowed you to keep some normalcy in your life, you know. Allowed you to continue to function and feel real and be in your element and doing the things that you really love. That would that be accurate?
1: I agree. I think for me, sometimes working has been the best medicine. Um, you know, I host a morning show on Channel Three, and it's called Your Life Arizona. And luckily, I mean, I'm so grateful that I have bosses that understood what I was going through, and they said, "Look, when you can't." work. And because of COVID, you know, when I was first diagnosed during COVID, my husband and I both thought, God, what, what did I do wrong in the universe to get breast cancer, have an aggressive form and during COVID is someone like, is this a sick joke or is someone kidding me? But you know what? It, there's never a good time to get breast cancer, but it ended up being a great time because my girls were home with me. And you know they were home—not homeschool, but working online from or working online for school. And so they were surrounding with me. My work—I was able. Everybody at the station worked from home, and so I didn't have that constant. I feel bad for a lot of women who do have those jobs in the non-COVID time that feel like they have to physically. I mean, it's a lot to physically go to work when you're going through chemo. Luckily, I was able to tape everything from my own home, so that was a lot easier for me. But Having to get up, shower, put some clothes on and go do my job really, I think it helped me not get so depressed because it's, once you start laying around in your pajamas all day, you, at least for me, I kind of felt myself feeling sorry for myself. Work enabled me to get my mind off of it and do something still that I loved. And I'm so grateful. Even during this time, I'm still working from home and, you know, having cancer is a full time job i mean between naturopaths and oncologists and radiation and your treatments and everything else in your follow up and your labs i mean i was constantly every day i was at a different appointment so i feel lucky that i was able to stay from you know stay at home and work when it was when i was able to work on my own time so i am especially grateful but i would say if you are able to try and continue on working because it keeps your mind sharp it keeps you i think emotionally more stable at least I was in my own case, it just kind of helped me keep that sense of normalcy when everything else in your world is turned upside down.
0: Well, and I would think that even the simplicity of the interaction with people and the getting up and showering and getting ready. Like to me, when I'm sick for multiple days at a time, which I, as you know, was not that long ago, like on day three, I was like, I got to get out of my pajamas. Like I yeah. can't. And of course I didn't have cancer, but you know, it was very quickly. You start going down that rabbit hole of like, oh, nice. yes. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's doesn't take much to, to do, to get to that place. So I love that. I love that you continued working and you're so good at what you do. And I know your Thanks. station appreciates you so much. And it was I think it's great that you got to continue doing that and you're still doing it. It's awesome.
1: And I would also advise people is it's the last thing you want to do, but try and keep exercising. Mm. You know, I haven't been able to do yoga because of my range of motion, but I got a treadmill I get on the treadmill. I got a Peloton bike, do something, go for a walk, ride your bike around the neighborhood. Like even though you don't want to, I think trying to exercise keeps your mind you know, it keeps your body in shape and it kind of gets the blood circulating. And I think it helps your body start healing. Don't overdo it, but don't all of a sudden say, you know, I've been given this diagnosis. I'm going to through treatment. I'm going to lay in bed all day. Get up, go for yeah. a walk, do what you love doing prior, because I think that's just, it's good for your mind. It's great for your body and anything you can do just to keep that sense of normalcy. I think down the road, it emotionally plays a lot better for you.
0: Yeah, because you feel kind of like you're in the twilight zone, right? Like your world is totally different and all these doctor's appointments and yeah, it's just upside down completely.
1: It is. I mean, as I was saying, one day I literally was on the soccer field coaching my daughter's soccer team to three days later talking to my surgeon about my survival rate. In the next five years. I mean, you're like, all of a sudden, like when you they start talking about survival rate, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, where am I? Like, what is happening to me that you're talking about my prognosis and my survival rate for the next five years? Like, it, it, it's it's scary. It leaves you breathless. I mean, it really does. And so you just got to do everything you can to stay your course, stay on your path and do the little things that you used to do that made you happy and that brought you joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think meditating and praying can be good for a lot of people too. Just having that time for reflection and focus and release. And you can get that from yoga of course too, but. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Well, we want everybody to make sure to get mammograms. I know we have some coming up in Phoenix soon through your station and in Phoenix here, you can get mammograms fairly easily. I know other states, like in California, might be more difficult now. They're a little bit more shut down, but I was able to get mine. You know, we highly encourage everybody to do that. That's step number one, is ensure that you're doing that on a regular basis. For most women, our age is going to be every year, right?
1: Yes, every year. And I would say it's one of those things in life, you know, you just got to check the box. Just take the hour out of your day, check the box go get it. It's easy. As you were saying, it can be a little uncomfortable at times, but there's no needles. I mean, trust me, I, if I see another needle, I mean, when I'm going through you, you know, going to go get a mammogram is nothing. It's painless. It's just uncomfortable. Get your mammogram, ask your girlfriends. You know, I've been so happy. So many women have come up to me and uh, my girlfriends like you, Hey, I went and got my mammogram. I was putting it off, but I went and got it. And that's all I want. Early detection is everything. And Yeah, You know, one in eight women are going to be diagnosed in their lifetime with breast cancer. I mean, just because there's a pandemic, cancer does not quarantine. So just check the box. It's those little things you got to do, but please take it seriously. Ask your mom, your sister, your girlfriends, hey, have you gotten your mammogram yet? It's just, it's a small thing that can just make a world of difference, literally, and save your life.
0: We'll include some links uh, in the show notes. And then
1: what about where can people find you? You're on Instagram. What's your handle? I'm at Yeah. And this Thursday, October 29th, I believe, um, starting with Good Morning Arizona at 7 through Good Evening Arizona, I'll be sharing my story with my friend Olivia Fierro and Heather Moore. And the station's working with some imaging centers as well to offer free mammograms. So if you're unable to get that or you don't have insurance, we are working. And so stay tuned. And, uh, you know, I, I know health insurance is expensive. I understand. But you just, this is something that literally can save your life. So we'll have more information about that on Thursday. Awesome.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much. I love your you conversation. Me. You look beautiful and I'm just so grateful. I'm relieved that you're at this stage in the journey. I know it's not like done, 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 but to me it feels like a huge leap forward and I'm just so happy that it's it's here you know that the really hard part of
1: that initial treatment is over and you're in this thank you no you've just been so supportive and you know i will for women out there who are afraid of losing their hair i will just leave them with this i went in for work and got a wig and i've never gotten so many compliments from people about my hair I love I mean, your
0: wig. Actually, I have a picture with you with your wigs. So maybe we'll use that somewhere. Yes, we
1: have the best wigs out in AZ Wig Shop and Old Town Scottsdale. Kimberly's the owner. She'll take great care of you. And you know what? Have fun with it. And that's what you just got to embrace it. And I'm just laughing. So I'm like, people are going to start being bummed when my hair starts growing in because it'll never look as good as my wig.
0: <laughs> so great. I love you.
1: I love you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing my journey. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining today's episode of see the upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. If you love today's show, please spread the word, give us a rating and share it with your friends. We're in this thing together, and as our community grows, the positivity and compassion for each other grows too. We can do this thing, and it's so much more fun doing it together. Can't wait till next time.